It was a cool and salty morning in the great sea. A fleet of ships is under the guidance of a gray, deathy-looking commander, with a wicked-looking dagger in hand. Another fleet with an old gray wolf at the helm gives chase. Deep below the waves, a ruler with a deadly smile is sitting in her underwater palace, remembering her past as a lovable elven queen. Remembering and planning. She waited long for this day. Her day to finally take over a new empire that she desperately wanted was within her grasp. Suddenly, she hears a voice in the throne room. A dark mist fills the air, and a message was relayed inside her mind. They have arrived. Welcome to Lore Club, your World of Warcraft podcast for the stories, theories, and everything else in between. And now, here is your host, Kai Sharky Boy. To understand the origins of Nazajar and the Naga that inhabit the ocean floor, we have to travel back in time before Azeroth was separated into the landmasses that we know today. Long before the Sundering, Azeroth was a big supercontinent, very similar to Pangaea here on Earth, and in the middle of that supercontinent was the highborn capital of Zinashari. Wait a minute, I, I thought we were talking about Nazajar or whatever. Well, the name Nazajar actually came after the Sundering when it was rediscovered the ocean floor, but we'll get back to that in just a moment. Back then, Zinashari was considered to be the center of the ancient world. Most of the Nile society that inhabited the city were considered to be the greatest mages of their time. They were masters of the arcane arts and could bend reality to their will. The military was massive and feared by their enemies. Yet there was one golden-eyed highborn night elf that was considered to be more powerful than any other force in ancient Azeroth. And her name was Queen Ajara. Now, Queen Ajara was not the corrupted monster that we know today. Queen Ajara back then was a more just ruler using some magical manipulation rather than violence. Now, don't get me wrong, she was pretty corrupt, but at least she was kind of like still fair with it within her own reasoning. She helped construct the temples of Elune on the shores of what is now known as Kalendor, discovered the Well of Eternity, and ended the conflict with the ancient Zandalari trolls without spilling much blood. Yet, as the years went by, the strong-willed highborn queen grew bored of her everlasting peace and wanted to improve her empire to near perfection. Her most trusted advisor, Counselor Xavius, advised to use the Well of Eternity to cleanse the planets to fit her own perfect vision of her empire. Although, harnessing such power would be very difficult and dangerous task even for Queen Azara's magical abilities. That is when Sargeras came in. Um, Steve? Why is there a mailbox here in the recording studio? I don't know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, there's a note attached to it. Dear Mr. Sharky Boy, we at the Azerothian Postal Service have randomly chosen your podcast to test our experimental open letter portable post box. Each episode, you will receive a new item relating to the episode and choose to orally send a message to a particular figure through time and space. The post box will appear and disappear at random, but you can keep the item as a gift. Hope you enjoy the new product and give us some feedback in the future. Thanks again and postal speed, Randall Paperwing, Postmaster at APS. Huh. Well, that's nice of APS to send us a new product for the show. I wonder what's inside. 
Oh, it's a small statue of Queen Ajara before she became a terrifying creature of the deep. An open letter to Queen Ajara of the past. Dear Queen Ajara, why must you succumb to peer pressure from other forces beyond your world? I know that Sargeras seems cool with his fancy fiery eyes and his demon motorcycle he likes to ride around, but he's just nothing but trouble. Also, I apologize if I started to sound like your mother, but your mother should have told you that you should not talk to strangers from other worlds in the first place. Not to mention the so-called ally turned a peaceful race of orcs into murder machines that nearly committed genocide upon fleeing refugees. Plus, he always seems to lie and make false promises for every single deal he makes. I mean, for light's sake, one of his top commanders is even nicknamed the Deceiver. That is a red light not to trust this guy. Also, to turn away from Sargeras, why do you need to make the world perfect? Perfection is nearly impossible to replicate in nature. It's the imperfections that make nature unique and beautiful. I mean, sure, there's poverty and starvation in the world, but your empire is a shining jewel that didn't need to be tampered with. It had a system in order to grow and to prosper, but instead you threw it away for your own selfish needs. Queen Ajara, I hope you look back at the Sundering and learn from your mistakes to prevent others from making the same error. May Loon guide you, Kai Sharky Boy. So if you couldn't tell from the open letter, what happened next shouldn't be a surprise for anyone who's read the War of the Ancients trilogy. Queen Azara took the advice of Xavius and used the Well of Eternity to summon the Burning Legion to Azeroth. This, in turn, commenced the War of the Ancients, which then dominoes into the literal collapse of the ancient world, or also known as the Sundering. The highborn capital of Zinashari began to sink into the ocean, and massive tidal waves completely destroyed the city. Queen Azara, wanting to save her beloved capital, tried to stop the massive force of nature from swallowing Zinashari down to the depths of oblivion, Yet, after struggling to keep her barriers up, she and her subjects drowned in the tsunami. Now, in normal circumstances, this would have been the end of Queen Azara and her empire. Yet, that was not the case. Instead of dying right away, she instead met with the old god, Nazoth the Corrupter. Now, while Queen Azara was drowning, Nazoth showed her visions of the old Black Empire, an empire before her time that could rise up again into a new paradise of power. It was a deal that she could not refuse. Not only was she would be able to rule over a new kingdom, but she was able to stay immortal and take revenge on those who caused the world calamity. She agreed with one little condition. She would not have to fully convert to this old god's religion and give up her free will. She also wanted to keep the title of queen of her people and have all the power to make any decisions for her kingdom. With little reluctance, Nazoth simply said, Okay, sure, go nuts, and granted the queen and her people the gift. Their skin slowly turned scaly and green. Their legs started to fuse together into a tail. Fins started to grow on their backs, and while they were struggling to find air, they started to breathe easy to their new underwater home. This gift gave birth to the Naga that we know today, with Ajara given the most drastic change to her appearance. On a bit of a side note, in patch 8.2, the design of the Naga seemed to differentiate depending on each rank and role of this new kingdom. For example, the scale guard, lower class soldiers, were usually male with broader chests, while the oracles were usually female with finer features. But Naga are more than just underwater snake people. Some of the higher ranked officers within the Naga Empire have very distinct features from other creatures under the sea, such as octopi and crustaceans. So next time, while you're questing out a Nazachar, keep an eye out for the different body types of each commanding Naga officer. You'll be quite surprised with the diversity in design. After the Sundering Nazajar, formerly known as Zenashari, 
became quiet throughout Azeroth's history. Although the Naga were quite the opposite. All over the shores of Azeroth, the Naga captured territory after territory in the name of the distant queen on the seaside. They have made settlements on the beaches and former ruins of the Highborn Empire. But yet, they can never really last long on those shores. Throughout the years, some of the remaining Night Elves, now known as the Kaldori, who survived during the Sundering, started to outlaw the practice of arcane magic throughout their lands, and swore never to make the same mistakes the Highborn had made. When they discovered the Highborn responsible for the Sundering transforming into the Naga, they held war campaigns on the coast of Darkshore and beyond to drive them back into the sea. And while the Naga were experts of war in the past, failure always seemed to follow. The Naga forces that invaded the shores were always stretched out too thin in soldiers and supplies. It made it harder to stay on some shores because most stations were posted too far off from the capital to have their war supplies and reinforcements come out on a consistent basis. Plus, the gift that Nazoth gave to these people made it very difficult for soldiers to fight on land with their tails more accustomed to aquatic conditions than on sandy beaches. They were also outnumbered, outgunned, and as the other races started to discover this new aquatic threat, were hated on all fronts to find further support beyond easily distracted murlocs. Soon, they became the laughingstock of Azeroth as a disorganized, disillusioned shell of an empire that cannot even fight well on land. Yet, not all Naga were faced with failure. Some of the other Naga went on beyond the shores and conquered territory on a more permanent basis. One such Naga to note was Lady Vash, who joined forces with Illidan and Kelthos of the Sindorai to overthrow the Black Temple in Outland and establish the Coilfang in the Illidari army. She also oversaw the construction of the Coilfang Reservoir that pumped water out of Zengra Marsh and became one of the most ambitious construction projects of her time. As time passes, the queen herself was busy at work. She managed to become a terror of the sea by disrupting sea passages and launching invasions that never seemed to succeed as she'd done before, but she always sent the message to the world that the Naga were a threat on open water. After the Cataclysm, though, she became quiet throughout Azeroth's history. There was still some presence of the Naga in the waterlogged region of Azuna, but besides that, they were mostly silent and absent from the other events around the world. Maybe it's a trap, or maybe the Naga kingdom was finished? Who knows? Meanwhile, Queen Azar herself went into hiding in her underwater kingdom of Nazachar. For many years, she sat and planned her next big move and waited for the perfect opportunity for Azeroth's leaders to be weakened and divided. That day had finally came. We now go back to the beginning of our story of our two ships chasing each other on the open sea. As soon as the two ships were in perfect position, she used her powerful magic to open the seas to reveal her kingdom to all who dare oppose her. Why, she kept that hole open and didn't really close the hole to drown those ships in an instant? Well, who really knows? Maybe she wants to toy with her prey, or maybe she just wants a good fight. No one really knows why she made this decision, but we'll just have to wait and see. I could go on and on about most of the wildlife, the ghosts of the highborn that reside there in the ruins, and the many other beings that live in Nazatar. But I think it's best to leave it at this point to how Najatar came to be and how the Naga Empire became what it is today. Plus, we at Lore Club wanted to save some of the other details of Najatar for another episode in the future. We also have a lot of ground to cover this season of 1.5, so tune in next time as we discuss more about some of the other wonders of 8.2 gave us as we explore Mechagon. Thanks for listening, and remember, 
there's always more than one side to each story. Thanks for listening to the podcast. All the sources to the information is located in the description. If you want to send a suggestion for our next topic, or just want to say hi, send us an email at loreclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us on Twitter at loreclub. And until next time, I will see you soon.